ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Midgar Minute. Uh, we've got a lot to unwrap today, but before we move forward, we have some people we need to thank. Yes, First we do. of all, my faithful co-host, Chris. How's it going? And then the faithful Mosey gang. Oh, yes. With a newcomer, Danny. Danny, thank you so much for joining the Mosey gang. Your generosity is always appreciated here. Thank you, Danny. And then we got Kyle, Scott, and AJ alongside him. Mosey gang. Thank you for the donation. For those of you listening, if you'd like to donate, we always have a link in the Spotify episode or in our Instagram bio. But at the end of the day, we expect nothing but your ear. So thank you for lending that. Thank you. Yes. Th uh, thanks again, everybody. Exactly. So without further ado, we're talking about Chapter 10 today. And Chapter Damn. 10 is on the shorter side. So this episode will likely be on the shorter side. Who knows where this goes? Yeah, We, um, we have a tendency to, you know, be like, eh, to ramble. Know, but then, yeah, then we'll... It'll be like an hour, we're reaching an hour. I'll look at the timer on Audacity and be like, "Oh fuck, we're getting, we're getting up to an hour." <laughs> but uh, exact happens more often than you all might think. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, this episode, uh, this chapter is is pretty light in terms of narrative stuff. It's definitely more of a you know we were talking before. It's more in the lines of like the Sector Five, you know, turning off the the sun lamps kind of section where it's like oh you're just doing stuff you're pressing very much a game you're going you're going places and you're holding down levers and stuff you know and you know not enough for nothing uh before we start breaking it down um this is uh, as i was going through the uh the cutscenes again uh, i this is one of the more like graphically impressive looking areas of the game the sewers yeah these next two chapters like in particular but this one I, I, I say it all the time. They've never made, like, shits never look so beautiful. Yeah, like, like literal like the shit. lighting. It, this is one of the one of the times in the in in this game where I was like, man, the lighting is doing a lot of work here to like make this place seem like this kind of like dank and <laughs> dingy, but also like you know, it has it has it, it's like oozing with atmosphere you know what i mean for being such a, a sort of like mundane area as like a sewer system you know what i mean it's beautiful garbage bro. like <laughs> beautiful it, it's trash. such a wonderful it's such a wonderful contrast <laughs> that i never that i never knew could exist yeah especially since you know we we just left walmart you know one of the most visually <laughs> impressive and expressive uh sections of the game for sure um, expressive is a very good way to put it. <laughs> and I think it's really, it's the only, and at least for me, it's the most visually striking area in the game aside from Shinra HQ later on. Cause that is like such a, it's one like such a specific like design element that they're just like, yeah, we're just going to, it's just going to bleed through this entire section, you know? And just like, Ooh, just like I said, oozing that kind of atmosphere that, uh, that Walmart had, but like in the almost complete opposite direction where like Walmart is like hot and bustling and Shinra HQ is like this cold, you know, monolithic, you know, industrial kind of, you know, very super modern and kind of clean. clean. Yeah. yeah that dude. aesthetic yeah. of like, you know, everything's, you know, this black marble, you know, daunting and everything. But anyways, <laughs> back, back to the sewers, you know, back. Well, we, 
back to the sewers. We start pretty hot when we come down yeah. into the sewers. So Cloud kind of picks up on where he is, says shit stinks. <laughs> and then we have this eerie little moment, at least in my opinion, a very eerie moment, mm. where you have to pick between Tifa and Aerith. Yeah. And I'm going to really hope this is not a further implication of what's coming. But the <laughs> game makes it pretty clear you're going to choose between Tifa and Aerith. At yeah, this and it's funny because when I played through it the first time, I... I, I don't know if maybe because I was like playing, I had been playing it for like a couple of hours, but I didn't realize that it was a choice right when, when I went through it. But when I went back, I was like, man, that's pretty obvious that like Cloud is standing in the middle of them <laughs> both and they're displayed <laughs> like, oh, you which who are you going to go to first? But in the moment of me playing it, I just instinctively went to Aerith. And was just like, oh, I'll check on her first, you know? What was that scene like? Because I did Tifa, so I think it'd be pretty interesting if we laid out what happened um, uh, I in think, both scenarios. I mean, I think it was, it was pretty similar. I didn't actually, because when I was going through the, uh, when I was rewatching the cutscenes, uh, I, I didn't go through uh, that specific section. Because I was like, oh yeah, this, this is what happened. So I, I don't remember exactly yeah. like what she says. Um, but it, I don't think it was, I mean, I could, I could be terribly wrong, but I don't think it was that much cause I've seen the Tifa cutscene, and I, I don't think, I don't think it was that radically different. Like, I don't, I, okay. I don't think there was anything that was, you know, huge that she said that, that I can remember well, anyway. Well, I'll say, I'll say this about Tifa. This is uh, this, we'll see this happen again throughout the chapter. But right off the bat, you start you start to realize that Tifa's just the walking embodiment of women's tuition. Intuition, rather. <laughs> like, yeah. she's a walking embodiment yeah, of the she, women's intuition. She, she, because she the second she wakes up, she's like, so who's she? And it's like, oh, you know, I saved her. She saved me. Round and round it goes. And she's like, really? And there's nothing more to it than that. Yeah. Like, you know, mm. it's quite obvious she knows clouds. She gets a little. She her. gets. Well, there. that's one thing I do remember from. Uh, if when from choosing Aerith is that when Tifa does wake up, she does have ha, like sort of give you this sort of in, not an incredulous look, but it's definitely like, hmm, like why didn't you pick me? <laughs> and I felt bad. I felt bad for not picking her, you know. And it's like, and it, it wasn't like superly overt or anything, but it was just one of those, uh, you know, one of those moments where I was like, oh, oh, I, and that I think that's when I fully realized that I was like, oh, this was a choice that I. <laughs> didn't I didn't want to make her feel bad or anything, but you know that was just instinctually in the moment of like, you know, what would Cloud do is like, oh, we check on Aerith because we've been with Aerith for this, you know, a good chunk of time at this point. So it's like, and honestly, mm -hmm. I correct me if I'm wrong, but I or at least it feels like you spend more time with Aerith to this point than with Tifa. I mean, you spend a lot of time with Tifa, like just you know one on one. You have a lot of one on one time with her, right? Yeah, and the, and you have like some one on one time with Tifa, you know, doing like the Johnny stuff and and all that. But it, yeah, I feel like the interpersonal relationship, um, you know, unless you know about Cloud and Tifa's past, uh, you know, it just it felt I don't know, it just it felt more natural to me in that moment, you know? Yeah, no. I completely understand. I think you could argue that that's the more natural decision, at least at that point in the story. Um, but shortly after we make our decision, we get a boss fight. Yeah, a a, a boss fight that uh, pales in comparison to the Hell House. The, you know every, what's so funny is I respect. feel like <laughs> this is. I'm so glad you brought that up 
Because I remember playing this boss absolutely whooping his ass. Because after the Hell House, I got a little scared. Because mm-hmm. like, oh, I was God. like, wait a minute. <laughs> have I been playing this game wrong? Are there fundamentals that I'm missing? Like, Has, is the game stepping up to a level where I may not be able to compete? Nope. And then I completely <laughs> whooped this boss's ass. I was like, the Hell House has prepared me for Sephiroth. Yeah. Everyone else can get out of my way. Yeah, it's one, and <laughs> if you'll notice that in the, in the coming you know, sections, I mean, we have a boss fight in, like, three chapters back-to-back. You know, we have Abzu, and then, you know, we fight the, the ghosts. And, well, we fight the, the, the main ghost guy and then Elagor in the next chapter, and then we fight Reno and Rude again. You know, it's like, they kind of, I feel like they kind of, whereas the boss fights were a little bit more spread out before, I'm, well, actually, maybe not. Or maybe because, like, it felt, those boss fights felt a little bit more natural you know in the sense of like where something like the hell house was like pushing me to my limits you know and yeah. like fighting all the other boss battles before were kind of with maybe the exception of like the crab warden maybe from like chapter i think that was like chapter four um where it's like i didn't have any trouble fighting reno or rude or you know any of the other coliseum fights but the hell house was just an onslaught of just like you got to know everything and you got to do it at the right time and then yep. and then there's abzu where it's like hey just throw fire at him and that's it <laughs> <laughs> you know well <laughs> well i i don't know how deliberate this was but at least for me that fight i primarily used tifa and Aerith. like the two of them together you oh, just yeah. have Aerith use magic and then you use tifa to run up the stagger and you know and Cloud, the rest Cloud is just, history uh, you know he runs uh you know, defense pattern, you know, whatever. You just it, swing a sword around. It, exactly. <laughs> and thing, I think kid. and I think it's fitting because the, these next two chapters, and, you know, speaking specifically about this one, a lot of it is used as a vehicle for Tifa and Aerith to bond yes. in a way that, in my opinion, the original game didn't allow. Yeah. Or didn't have room for. Yeah, it definitely, if there's one thing that I could give props to this uh, chapter for, it's like definitely establishing that connection or, or, or fleshing it out a little bit more. Cause they, they definitely like when they meet in Corneo's, uh, mansion, you know, like there's that instant kind of like, Hey, yeah, we're cool. You're cool. Awesome. You know? And like, they kind of have that immediate bonding moment, but I feel like this is like, Oh, we get a little bit more of a, a glance into, you know, their relationship. And, and honestly, as we build up to, um, the sector seven pillar, I feel like we kind of, we see a full arc you know, go on between the two of them, you know, where it's like, you know, there's some moments where, like I said, like Tifa is maybe a little bit jealous of Aerith. Cause like, you know, he's, you know, she's the new, the new, uh, the new fling, you know? And it's like, hmm, you know, and like, and where, and it's funny because you don't really get those sort of vibes from Tifa until this point, you know, it's like, she didn't really strike True. me as the jealous type until Aerith came around and then she's like and she had no problem with Jesse throwing herself at you no and and it's and it's interesting because you know it goes back to you know what uh wedge said where it's like oh you know it's, it's all a game to her so it's like I wonder if you know it's just something that with Jesse in particular it's like everyone knows like oh she does this with everybody you know any <laughs> any new guy comes around she you know puts him through the ringer and it's like that's like oh that's just what she does right so and and you know she probably Tifa probably would be like yeah Jesse's not you know Cloud wouldn't fall for the Jesse type but 
everyone good point everyone who looks at yeah and and you know Aerith definitely has a special air about her even if you know tifa might not know what that is i feel like she definitely can sense that there's something and I, i think maybe even just in that first uh when they first all meet um in the basement of uh cornell's mansion there's definitely like and she can kind of see them like cloud and Aerith uh, interacting and like she maybe has that moment of like huh like they they're talking like they're best friends even though they've only really known each other for what you half know, a day you know you know what she mu- you're so right cuz you know what she must have p- picked up on is that she's got cloud's defenses completely down and mm-hmm. she's probably just like what the fuck yeah i've been trying to do that yeah, and whereas, and I think it's like kind of like a clash of personalities, you know, because Tifa is definitely a little bit more reserved and laid back, and Aerith is definitely more assertive, and maybe Tifa is like, oh, you know, you know, if maybe I wasn't really interested in Cloud, you know, but like, oh, now I have to like try, or she, or she yeah. feels like she needs to try maybe to sort of appeal to him a little bit more, but with you know, still being herself because. If if there's uh, one thing that I can, I, I would probably knock more against the next chapter than this one. But the constant talking of the the pillar and stuff like it's good. It makes sense that Tifa would be concerned about that. But I feel like the amount of times that they bring it up, especially especially in the next chapter, it's not it's not a big of a deal here. But all the times that it's brought up, it it kind of threw me off a little bit, you know, because then it's like. Well, yeah, we got to do that, but we also have to go do all this other stuff. And like, yeah, I know. I, I mean, and, and that might just be me, um, you know, because I know what's going to come eventually that like, I was like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're concerned. Yes. I understand. Can we please talk about something else? <laughs> yeah. See, I, I'm, ac- I'm actually totally on your side here. Mm. Um, I think maybe the reason for it was that when you think about, and we'll get into it obviously, but when you think about chapter 10 and chapter 11, it raises a lot of questions. We get a lot of visions. A lot of things happen. Mm-hmm. Then I think they just want to keep reminding the player of what you're actually doing. Yeah, because I mean, to and to be fair, like the sewer and the following train graveyard segment are lengthier, especially the train grave- graveyard is definitely lengthier than it was in the original. So it's like, you know... It's it, it. I feel like it definitely has to, and especially since the train graveyard goes into like a whole other sub story, basically, or like a side plot. Like I, I understand maybe they want to just be like, hey, remember, remember what what we're doing, you know, you know, deal. <laughs> we're dealing with all these, uh, you know, these, uh, you know, stabby crabs and stuff in the sewer. But remember, you know, because and it's actually it's it's interesting because initially Tifa doesn't believe it. She actually is like. Do you really think it's, Corneo is telling o- the truth, you know? It's only when she starts observing Aerith and that woman's intuition kicks in mm. that she starts getting paranoid. Because it, it happens from the like from the second we beat the boss mm-hmm. and they start kind of reconvening and figuring everything out. And I noticed this when I went back and watched the cutscenes, mm-hmm. and I encourage anyone who's curious to look into this too. The when um the first time Tifa says, but you know, guys like Corneo, they lie about stuff like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And then Aerith just rebuts, like, but what if he's not lying? Mm. And then it just, like, it it quickly cuts to Tifa, and she goes, she has this almost, like, huh? Like, mm. why would you even say that? Yeah. You know, almost like, you said that as if you're trying to put, like... Like, you're, you want it she, to be true, kind of... You're guiding, like, like, you know, she almost picked up on, well, that... 
that was a little strange that you said that. Mm. And then I think, you know, when she brings it up again, we get to a point, I don't know if you want to skip this far, but when they start kind of crossing that little river they set up when you're kind of going through the sewers with them. Yes. And she almost like purposely brings it up when she has the moment alone with Aerith. Like Cloud crosses and then she turns to Aerith and is like, I I, I can't stop thinking about what Corneo said. Like, I can't, is it a lie? Is it the truth? And then she notices Aerith's kind of just like looking away and looking down and she's like, all right, Aerith, what are you not telling me? Mm. It's almost as if she was kind of prodding Aerith on a little bit because she waited for them to be alone and then kind of started poking the bear. Right. And then when she saw Aerith was being kind of like shut off about it, she just, she went from zero to 10, like, Aerith, what are you not telling me? Mm-hmm. You know like something. You know, I know you, you know, know something. something. Yeah. yeah. I have the women's intuition too. Yeah. I, I, I know. I don't know. Might be looking too much into it, but I don't think so. No, I, I, I think I these think subtleties are cleverly put there. Or I think that's reasonable to assume for sure. You know, and it's definitely, um, you know, like, and it's, you know, kind of, it's like a props to Tifa because, you know, she really, I mean, up until this point, I mean, we know she's very capable and stuff, but we've only really ever seen her as sort of in it like a background kind of role yep you know and like now it's like she's kind of you know the one of the main she's the main focus you know at least for this very you know this short time and mm-hmm. you know we kind of really get to see a little bit more about you know how she kind of handles certain situations because you know up until this point you know it, it, she really just kind of was like yeah whatever i'm you know like I think her, well, she her, she felt tra- she was felt trapped, right? right. She was kind of like stuck on the rails of Avalanche. And she wasn't. Yeah, her go ahead. Her going to sorry, yeah, her going to um Corneo on like her own because we we never find out if like that was her plan or if that was something that like she did on her own. You know what I mean? Or like she coordinated it with you know the rest of Avalanche being like, oh, I'm gonna go and do this thing or whatever because like. It almost seems like something they would maybe almost send Jesse to do if they had planned it all out together, you know? And it's like I, feel- I I think that I think I think they knew because someone has to watch the bar and Tifa cares too much about the bar and Marlene to just like disappear. Yeah, I guess. So I think they 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 have to know to some degree. And I think they sent Tifa because Tifa is what Corneo likes. And mm. you know, without oh, getting yeah. too specific, <laughs> there's quote unquote more to Tifa than Jesse. Yeah. And I'm being very being very specific there to Corneo's taste. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And honestly, I mean, it, like I I have no doubt of Jesse's uh, fighting abilities, even though we don't really get to see them really ever. <laughs> um, she's more of the techie. Yeah, you know? she, she yeah, she's more of like a support role, role kind of. Yeah, like I and I feel like it would make a lot more sense to send Tifa in there because of her obvious. You know, I mean, she even says when you when you come, it's like you know how much ass I can kick. Um, yeah, I did. I did really like that line, by the way. Yeah, and it's like I, but the the, the original point I was going to make was that that was her doing that was like her first kind of her first like the time where like she showed the most agency, I guess you know what I mean? Because she was very much, you know, she was hesitant, like you were saying before that she felt trapped, but she also felt very hesitant about the whole avalanche thing and being like she was kind of like all during Sector Five, she was all very like. You know, yeah, I'm kind of here or whatever, you know, like she mm-hmm. wasn't she was very much kind of along for the ride type of thing, 
and now she's starting to switch gears a little bit and i i enjoy seeing this sort of happening it happens slowly over the course of you know these next couple chapters um and it is really sort of like just nice to see her you know sort of develop a little bit more cuz you know she's to be honest she's probably probably my second favorite character overall in this game and in this specific game not necessarily the whole canon yeah or... yeah not, not yeah in this specific game i mean obviously i like tifa and you know i liked her in the original a lot as well but um you know it, <laughs> i think back then it was maybe for other reasons than uh for her character arc or you know any <laughs> anything yeah, yeah, like I, that i i i hear you man but, those pointy uh, polygons bro yeah she i, I get you i get you yeah she in in this game she is I want to say she definitely goes through the most change or not, not the most change, but I feel I would just flat out say she's the most human character. Oh, for uh, Yeah. That that's, that's probably, that's probably what I'm trying to actually say is that she's, she's definitely, she's like sort of that baseline, you know, she's like that baseline that you can, I know kind of always go back to and sort of like, you know, because like cloud is doing his own thing. Aerith is obviously something else. And like, I mean, I guess Barrett is like, because like her, Tifa and Barrett are like, I don't know, two sides of the same coin to me, where it's like they both are very, um, you know, they're they're very they they kind of like go back into their old ways a lot. But I feel like there's a lot more potential in those characters, and obviously we know that everyone else is going to grow and have their own arcs and stuff. But in this game in particular, like the way that they're these uh, Tifa and and Barrett to uh, another extent are framed is that they're kind of like they they feel like they know that they could do more it's like they or at least in Tifa's case she knows that she can do more but she doesn't know how far she's willing to go and she's kind of li- she kind of is almost pushed to be uh, a certain way at a certain point and it's something that we'll probably catch up on more later after the sector 7 incident happens but um you know you're kind of starting to see a little bit of it here a little bit, you know what I mean? Yeah, the I, I know exactly what you mean because the cracks are starting to show, right? You know, um, and you know, to Tifa's credit, there's something else that's shown pretty blatantly in this chapter is like she's also the brains, you know. Yeah. At least, at least if you're going to evaluate the, you know, Cloud Barrett Tifa, mm-hmm. um, but even with Avalanche, she's very much the brains. I mean, when you think about everything Tifa's doing, right? So mm-hmm. she runs the bar. Okay, she she owns a bar and runs the bar. She babysits like Marlene completely by herself she, as well. Completely by herself. She gets she babysits Marlene. She gets all the clean like water filters out to everybody in the slums so that they can you know have clean water. Um, so she she's running two businesses over here. Mm-hmm. She's ba- she's babysitting her friend's like stepdaughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't actually not stepdaughter, adoptive daughter. Yeah. yeah. Um, she, she's a class, she's like a class A martial artist. <laughs> and when you're in the sewers, she knows how to operate all the machinery. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, she, and it's and, not and when you're like, with- you know, yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's one of those things. I feel like that's what I was, I was trying to get to is like, we really get to see her shine. And it's one of those things where she's maybe starting to realize her own potential. You know what I mean? Cause she, yes, she's one yes. of those, one of those characters that always is like, man, you are one of the most capable people in this entire world. And you're just like you're doubting yourself and you're doing all these things where like you could be, you could be such a powerful force for good and all these things. Right. But you're kind of 
setting yourself back a little bit, you know, and that definitely, yeah. that, I feel like that's more where I was trying to go in that ramble that I was doing, but yeah, that <laughs> that's definitely, um, you know, it, it's one of the more nicer parts of this game for I, me. And I would agree. And I think, you know, to move us forward after, you know, they have Tifa and Aerith have that conversation, you know, we move forward through the sewers and then we have what is like, in my opinion, like one of the best moments in the game. Mm. And it's it's when Tifa is again kind of relapsing with paranoia about Sector 7 and Aerith finally decides she's had enough and she's like, hey, why don't we think of something fun? Mm. Mm. You yeah. know, and I love that because it made Aerith so endearing and it's like, in a way, she's kind of like she's kind of like the group mom right now. Yeah, she's like, let's you let's know? let's not let's not dwell on the bad things. Let's talk about good things. And like, it shows you like, like where Tifa's heart and head are at. That she's like, think of something fun. She's like, oh, I want to go shopping for stuff for the bar coasters. Yeah, she lights up. Like, yeah, and, and and like, it like investing in herself. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you know, she you'd think she'd want to buy herself a new pair of shoes or she'd want to <laughs> spoil herself with something else. But no, her head and heart immediately goes to I want to buy stuff for the bar. That sounds like the most fun thing imaginable. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they have that cute little exchange where Cloud's going to be the pack chocobo. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> what you are know, you saying about s- me? <laughs> 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 Nothing. It, no, it's funny because it's like there was the flip. Now Cloud's the third wheel. Yeah. Tifa oh, was feeling yeah. like the third wheel, but now Cloud's the third wheel. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that dynamic. Yeah. And I think it really, it goes to show that Aerith is definitely sort of the grounding. She's like taking all of these characters who are, you know, all doing their own things and she's like no it's like she kind of reins everybody in almost and it's like when she notices that someone's going off the their own crazy deep end she kind of brings them back to to like hey remind and reminds them like hey why are we doing this or like what matters or what's most important to them right like she does that with cloud a lot and then she does and later on she kind of does it with barrett in the in the sense of like you know hey don't be don't do anything stupid, you know. Do even with Wedge, you know, in, yeah. in the later chapters mm-hmm. when they're when they're kind of on the ground and she's kind of like, "Hey, get it together. We can save a lot of people." Yeah, I you mean, know, she literally she straight up inspires Wedge to to do yes. cool stuff, you know, and like that that's a <laughs> scream in that dude's face. <laughs> I love that moment where he just had like an adrenaline ah! rush. Ah! <laughs> oh man, amazing. But, uh, yeah, and then um, there's really, I don't, there's, I'm trying to think of anything else of, like, uh, like, any, like what we're missing, basically. Yeah, like, it's in terms of, like, story, I mean, uh, I, can, I, I would like to say that uh, that fucking Valve, or that Steam Valve puzzle was fucking sucked. <laughs> Like oh, oh the one with uh Tifa and Aerith? Yeah, yeah. As much oh as much as I love the dynamic of them two solving a puzzle together, uh the puzzle itself, quote unquote puzzle, uh was a pain in the ass. Yeah, they missed that one, whereas the one you did with Barrett and Cloud, I thought was actually really good. Yeah, really, and, and it's like, fun, fun and it's funny because in the original, like that having all three of them hit the button at the same time was the most annoying fucking thing <laughs> like yep. replaying it uh before before we started the show um and I I got to that section I'm like man I totally forgot about this and it took me like a good like half dozen tries to <laughs> to to get it to sync <laughs> up but yeah it was way it was way more it was way more entertaining and it was way mo- more 
uh, intuitive this time around in terms of that puzzle. I don't, I don't think this, this, the steam, the valve puzzle thing was not in the original. I don't think, right? No, I don't remember. I don't know. There was no moment. There was, I don't think so. And I especially don't remember a moment where Tifa and Aerith went off on their own. Yeah. Like I, if I'm not mistaken, like Tifa and Aerith really didn't get along until you left Midgar. Not that they didn't get along. They just didn't have a lot of like, they didn't have a lot of moments together where they were like, yeah, hey. You know? Exactly. They they never got to have those moments, you know. And you, Whereas, go ahead. And I was just gonna say real quick. I just because now I'm just thinking about this the way that this game handles these the relationships between these characters, and makes me so happy about f- potential future things of like even like even if a character say like someone like Red that we meet later on and his like he's like barely in the game right. Like, even just these small interactions from, like, you know, Tifa and Aerith and all the interactions that they have. And I just want to see their relationships blossom and go through and, and, you know, and maybe have their own ups and downs. And, you know, it, it I feel like this is, you know, as we kind of stated earlier, like this chapter is definitely like a this is like a, a in bet- like a social link. <laughs> Like in between, you know what I mean? It's like it's something. That's a really good way to put it. You know, it. this is this is Tifeth and uh, Tifeth. Wow, that's the ship name, I guess. Uh, Aerith and Tifa um, <laughs> having their bonding moment, you know, and ha- increasing their bond rank, you know. No, you're a hundred percent on point. I actually think that's probably the entire point of this chapter. Yeah, and, and it's totally and it's totally worth it because, like I said, that that sort of delving into these characters' relationship is, I think, is really going to be a strong sort of centralized like pillar for the everything that comes next, right? And like, I couldn't agree with you more because it, that's one of the things they absolutely knocked out of the park the first time around. Like, I, I, there were moments where I felt like a kid again watching these characters interact oh absolutely and even more than that i felt like the kid in me was like got the his imagination came true in a way right you know yeah. it, was, it was something to that degree um and i think what i love what they're doing is like they're, they're not making it black and white you know they're keeping it very gray and they're keeping it very human and i guess uh, my best example i could give given that we're on this chapter and the ones coming next is you know it's not that tifa's just like jealous of Cloud and Aerith or that she has she's envious of Aerith or something like that. it's mm-hmm. it's it's both you know yeah. they're getting along but there's also a jealousy dynamic yeah and here. it's also like it's one of those things where it's a little bit more realistic because like they are getting along very well but they also just met each other you know what i mean and there's still that kind of awkwardness yeah. of like not knowing you just they just don't know each other yet they haven't spent enough time with each other yet to really you know even though I think it's one of those things like we know that like Aerith is pretty like she's like an open book, right? She's pretty much like what you see is what you get almost. Well, not I guess not in like a literal sense, but, you know, she's very, you know, there's not a lot in terms of like her personality that is like left up to interpretation where, like we said before, Tifa's is a little bit more guarded and like she's more like, hey, you kind of have to get to know her better in order to like really get to the heart of who she is, you know? But Aerith is kind of like, yeah. she wears a heart on her sleeve kind of type. You know what I mean? You're 100% right. You know exactly who Aerith is. Well, I mean, that's not completely <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, but... I know. Ex- that's, ex- <laughs> that's exactly I was like, wait a minute. Well, yeah. We still don't really know who she is yet, I guess, you know? Yeah. Um, but how she, but how she you... presents herself. You know? Yes. Like, you know that she's yes. a good-hearted person and that she's very, um, you know, she's just unabashedly, like, she is a, you know, lawful good 
character, right? And I get and, and another thing I really liked, you know, going into that was you know, I like that we don't just accept that people are joining our journey. I like that Tifa's like, "Hey, I feel really bad wrapping her up in this. Like, this is this is our fight. Mm-hmm. Like, we're the ones trying to challenge Big Brother here. Yeah. Like, should sh- should she be here? Yeah. And I uh, like the clouds. Like, I've I've already barked up that tree, Tifa. She's not going anywhere. Yeah. It's like, don't worry. She, yeah, like, don't even bother. <laughs> don't even bother trying to persuade her not to do it. Yeah. And it's like one of those things where, like, you know. Aerith is like, you know that she's going to help. And like, you know, you know, Tifa's going to ultimately do the right thing, but it's not as like apparent sometimes. Like we, like we know right. as, as the player that like, yeah, we know Tifa, you know, we know that she's a good person, that she's just a little bit more, you have to do a little bit more digging to get to the heart of that. You know what I mean? I, I'm a hundred percent with you. Um, you know, we, we've done a solid 30 minutes on 15 minutes of cutscenes. Um, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I fell in love with the gameplay dynamic of Cloud Tifa Aerith. Oh, it is by far the best. Like, I mean, you know, I all the love in the world for Barrett, but man, like, and, you know, as when we get to, like, the, the end parts of this game uh, where you have a sort of final party that you have for the final boss fight, um, that this was the party that I had and I couldn't have been any happier um, because the dynamic between all of them. And, and it's one, it's funny because it, like you were saying before, like this was kind of, um, I played as cloud the least during this section or, or at least when Absolutely. I, when I had the two of them in my party, cause like, like they're so, I mean, Aerith is super fun and Tifa's like a blast. Like once you, once you, know that like you know she can increase stagger and stuff like that i didn't know about that for like a good chunk of the game and bro tifa's the stagger queen bro <laughs> and then she you know her uh i don't know it's just fun it's fun to see her just do her punchy kicks and you know, fl- bro, you know just stringing all around. those combos together that's what i got addicted to yeah was stringing all the different combos together i mean like you could do the whirling uppercut and then activate dive kick yes i mean that was over like the bread and butter like if tifa was in a fighting game that would be her bread and butter combo it's like launcher into dive kick every time dude exactly and it's like you could one of the things i like that just invigorate me about this game is like you could put in the inputs for tifa to do that entire combination then you can switch to fucking Aerith, cast arcane ward Mm-hmm. Double like send out lightning, switch to cloud, hit triple slash, and you just cleared the whole fucking room. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it's like ah, uh, ah, uh, man. Yeah, and and there that's definitely my favorite party. The three of them together, definitely my favorite party. Yes, and and there's a later on there's a a section of the game where you play as just the two of them, and that's great. Also, yeah, no, they. I mean, they, I think Tifa says it somewhere in the chapter, but they really do make a great team. Yeah, it's like almost like they were supposed to. <laughs> they were destined, maybe, to be the best team ever. My destiny mm. might that have something to do with fate? Perhaps. See, I, I'm not. Don't... I ain't talking about no bungee shooters. You know, <laughs> capital D destiny. Yes, capital D. Capital D destiny. destiny. TM. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, the uh, other little things that I uh, I'm trying to think of other things. Oh, oh, I love um, in the very beginning after you beat uh, Abzu, um, you know, there was like a little moment that they had where they're like, uh, Aerith is like, oh, does he live down here or what? The What's the deal? And Cloud's like, oh, no, he's probably Corneo's pet. 
and we were supposed to be dinner. And then Aerith make she does oh a God. mocking version of uh Don Corneo's like Winnie sort of like his pouty like <laughs> thing. And like when I first saw that, like I didn't know what that was <laughs> at first. I'm like, that was a weird thing for her to do. And then, you know, obviously now that I've seen all these scenes multiple times, uh, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah it's obviously what that was. And that was one of the, yeah. one of the first um of uh, Brianna White, who is the the voice actress for Aerith. Uh, one of the first things that I had seen her um, play react, uh, react to, to that? yeah, in that <laughs> that that scene, and I was just like, man, that's just that's so that's definitely something Aerith would do. And there's and there's another moment at the end of this chapter where I, I just want to pause before you get sure, to that sure, sure. moment. I have one thing to say about that the little Don laugh moment. Mm. Not that I didn't already, but you know, I I did. I was lucky enough to actually recognize what that was when I heard it. Mm. And that's when I was like, "Fuck, I adore this character yes. in a way in a way that I didn't the first time around." Yeah, meaning you know the OG, mm-hmm. and it's it's to me. I, I mean, we've said this a million times, but it's a dream come true to see the characters express themselves this way. But what, what's the other moment uh, at the at the end when you're about to get out of the sewer and you get uh, ambushed by the uh, what are they called the Saharan or something the the lizard dudes with oh, the, 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 li- the lizard dudes with the tongues and yeah, shit yeah that turn you into frogs which oh yeah we didn't talk about that this is the first time you can you yes. see frog people in their frog forms um but the the scene at the very end where um they're they're escaping and Aerith is like we don't taste good I promise or she says not something even like a that. little bit not even a little bit it's like that's the thing like it's like I was like I was watching a cartoon or something <laughs> it's like oh no yeah. don't eat us I don't taste good um but yeah um yeah people uh frog forms uh, I love the fact that when people are in their frog forms they have their outfits on. Like Cloud, yes. Cloud has his Buster, a tiny Buster sword the on his back. Tiny Buster sword killed me, dude. Yeah, and and Tifa, Tifa has her skirt and her shirt on and her gloves. I think I was gonna say the frog has the gloves. Yeah, and it's just like I, and it's funny because I, um, and you can like do, you can still attack as a frog. Like I, yeah, I, they, I never really you could experimented. Hit him with your tongue, you could blow bubbles. Because isn't there, isn't there an item that like turns you into a frog and like you know you're wearing it like it, you wear it as an accessory and you're in frog form as long as you're wearing that accessory i have no idea I, but i wouldn't I, doubt it i feel like I, I don't know what it's called but i feel like that's a thing have you seen the original have you seen like the concept art for everybody's frog forms i i have not okay so i'm a square enix shell and i bought the art book when i bought final fantasy 7 <laughs> and in the art book they have like different... next to all the cat and it it's not just in the book. It's next to the main character portrait. Really? Like it's the same if they they put it on the same character sheet. It's like, like when they have all the every- portraits of like the renders of everybody like it, yes. Oh my and God. the frog is right there like you know there's the Aerith page and it's like everybody who has a frog form the frog form is on basically on their character. Yeah, it's sheet. like here's here's their uh their pause menu uh render, here's the the other all the renders that we were seeing in the promotional material and here's the frog form. Here's the frog form. <laughs> it's too good. It's too fucking good. Yeah, and by the way, like man, those renders that they made um they're so good. Like and and like the even every I'm thinking more of the ones that we saw in the promotional material where everyone's kind of looking to a side you know like everyone's yeah. either looking left or right but even the ones in like the in the pause menu where they're looking straight at the at the 
camera, I guess. You know, like those are those are pretty good too. But uh, yeah, that was just. I, it makes me wonder what the hell the sequel's gonna look like on PS5. Uh, I you know what like, I would I don't expect I don't ex- like we you know we've talked a great length about this but I don't expect a major like leap in visual aesthetic. It's just the crispness, the cleanness. Yeah. It, it, that I think it, I think they probably could keep it. Probably I would be interested. Maybe they're probably they might change. Well, I mean you can change the color scheme, but. Um, I wonder, yeah, I wonder, cause it, like the design of like the, the menus and the UI and stuff, they're pretty clean. Like they're pretty good. They pretty nailed it. <laughs> they nailed it out of the park the first time around, in my opinion. But I like the, I, I like I that so like kind of simplistic kind of clean look. If it's, if it's not going to be like super stylized, like something like Persona 5 where everything's got like, you know, they got the different layers of the different colors behind stuff. Like if it's not going to be textured like that, I want it to be super clean. Like it is very no, like I like, modern. I, it was al- almost like something Shinra would build. Right, right. Exactly. You know, it, exactly. it had that kind of vibe to it. And maybe, who knows, maybe once we get out to certain areas, maybe they'll... You know, just and depending on how you know how this game is going to be divided up in the future, because we still don't know that yet. Um, still waiting for that trailer. You know, if like if we have a game that takes place entirely in Wu Tai, or you know, if it's going to be something could be designed around the Wu Tai aesthetic, you know, because it's very much like yeah, the the, the UI and stuff, everything's kind of very Midgar esque, right? Very technological, very high tech kind of, you know. And I wonder. Mm-hmm. I wonder going forward if they'll maybe, because that would be honestly that would be pretty cool, if they uh, sort of, you know, if the UI was based on like whatever section yeah, of Gaia yeah, you were in, yeah, and it's yeah, like I think I would like that too. You know, it's just like a nice that would be like a nice little uh, like attention to detail kind of thing that like you know you don't have to do it but you know it'd be nice you know just give that little that little extra level of flavor you know. Oh yeah. Um, I would be for it. I think, and I think it wouldn't. It wouldn't have to be anything crazy, right? It's like if you're in Wu Tai, just give it like a red color scheme. Yeah, and you maybe know? put some, you know, some extra little flares on some things, maybe, or you know, I'm yeah, I'm, ch- I'm not a graphic the designer, sound effect. So. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, I I technically make interfaces for apps and websites, but mm. it's nothing like that. Yeah. So. No, it's like I mean, you know? and it's funny because like I've always been like a creative, more of a creative minded person. And, like, aesthetics are important to me. Like, and I, that's something that I didn't realize until much later in my life <laughs> than I probably should have. But, like... Bro, no, we're visual creatures, man. Like, our brains are organized by what we see. Yeah, something, you know, you know something like uh, Persona, for example. Like, that that style just immediately, to me, was like, oh, okay, I got this. Yeah, some things just click, man. Yeah. Some things just click. And the real, the real thing is real. Is that for sure, say? for sure. But, uh, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know about you, but I go ahead. I, I, no, I was just gonna say I don't. I don't think I have much else to add in regards to this chapter in particular. Yeah, I think I think we've fleshed this out um, as long as we could. Yeah. The the you know it's like I said it's fifteen minutes of cutscenes. We got we got forty minutes of talking out yeah. of it, and there you know there um, was there was stuff of note to talk about here, and we, and I I I believe we we got everything. I think so. I don't think we missed anything. Um, but the next chapter, you know, I think it's worth noting. We basically didn't group this with chapter 11 because we feel like chapter 11 is probably going to need a lot of time. Yeah, there's more There's more going on there. And that we kind of, 
we were debating whether or not to put them both in one episode and uh, a little inside baseball here. But <clears throat> yeah, we decided against it because it was, you know, we both agreed that it was, it would do chapter 11 a little bit of disservice to kind of just lump it in, you know, with this. Cause like we could have talked about chapter 10 for like 10 minutes and then talked about chapter 11 yeah, for the rest, but you know, and that wouldn't have done chapter 10 any justice either. Cause you know, we got, we got to talk at great length yeah. about Tifa and Aerith. You know, these two chapters really are a time for them to shine. Absolutely. Um, so I'm glad they got their due diligence, but yeah, I mean, I'm all, I'm all good on this viewer. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I think I've said everything I, uh, would like to say <laughs> there we go well listen up mosey gang we uh we thank you as always for joining us yes um we'll see you on the next one and i'm ready to close this out if you are yes uh, lead, lead off the countdown sir you got it three two one da -da 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 <laughs> every time beautiful every beautiful. time it gets me